0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: It's a different kind of ashes cricket coming up here on Sporty with bushfire recovery through cricket and other sports. Hello, it's Amanda Smith with you. And we're going to meet a tennis player who's got quite a reputation you've got a superstar here. (laughs) Shirley? Shirley, most definitely.
2: She's our inspiration. Shirley is our inspiration. Is she? She sure is. Not just mine, everybody's in this club. We all want to be like
1: Shirley. So who is Shirley? You'll meet her later here on Sporty. Right now, there's so much wonderful effort going on raising money for bushfire relief around the country and across business and the arts and sport. But one of the ones that really touched me is that on Australia Day, a fundraising cricket match was played in King Lake in Victoria. King Lake was one of the worst affected towns in the 2009 Black Saturday bushfires. Remember, those fires, as well as causing huge loss of homes and property, killed 173 people. 120 of those were in the King Lake area. For those who lived through it, it made me wonder if sport had played any kind of role in their recovery.
3: Sport is the glue that binded us all together to keep our minds off our disaster we we played sport we probably took our anger out on the opposition a little bit but in general it gave us some sort of relief and and an out outpouring place where we could talk about our stress our problems our grief and everything like that and it cheered people up it actually cheered people up the sporting club if it hadn't have been here we probably would have lost a lot more people off the mountain due to stress mental health and all the other things that that are involved with a disaster like we had <laughs> oh,
4: great start,
5: robo yes i did you something
3: today. The Kinglake
1: Cricket Club is playing the Kinglake Football Netball Club in a cricket match to raise money to help with this summer's bushfires.
4: Yeah, obviously it brings back a lot of memories with everything we're seeing happening out in East Gippsland and uh, around the country. brings up a lot of bad memories, um, but, yeah, we're doing what we're doing today because, you know, we appreciate the generosity that everyone showed us, so anything we can do to give back, of course, is the least we could do.
6: The ball goes past
0: the post... Going to be a four, okay? Right
5: On yeah, the full Yep. Either e- Either end. Just... My name's James Edwards. I'm the treasurer, junior coach, and junior coordinator for the Kinglake Cricket Club. Uh, I've been heavily involved since the 09 fires, I'm helped rejuvenating the club from junior level right through to the seniors.
1: Well, we're at the King Lake Memorial Reserve, which is really the sporting hub of this area. The football, netball, cricket and tennis clubs are all here. Can you tell me what this place was like in February 2009?
5: Well, the, the army actually took over this area after the fires, but there was a lot of people seek refuge here. Um, we actually opened up the rooms and the drinks and everything for everyone.
3: It was the only place where we could all come and be together. My name's John Dowdle, I'm involved with the football club and I've been involved with the club now for about 15 years. We were all still teammates, and we made a big decision. The football club, the netball club, the sporting club in general was an important part of King Lake's rehabilitation and that's what brought us back together again and we decided yes we're going to kick on with the football, well, yes we're going to kick on with the cricket and the netball and just give us something to think about other than the bushfires. So I'm Matthew. Live in King Lake, been involved with the football club for the
5: last twelve years. I'm twenty-five. Obviously when Black Saturday came through, you know, we thought we were gonna lose our football club. This place was actually a stationary place, so we had all fire trucks, we had the army set up all across the oval, so it actually didn't look like where we play our local sport, but support from all the government and you know communities around. We managed to get a football side going again and new tennis courts over there. That was once a school that, that went. The school burnt down. Yes, it burnt down. And after that, we got new tennis courts and netball courts over there. So it's all sorted together now.
1: Well, you're a footballer. How's your cricket?
5: Ah, uh, very average. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not the best at cricket, so let's see how today goes.
6: (laughs) I love that, a plus score to chase down. Recovery
7: is a really long game. Absolutely an endurance event and it has many parts to it. Following
1: the 2009 Black Saturday fires, Deb Martindale was an executive advisor with the Victorian Bushfire Reconstruction and Recovery Agency, working on the ground with various affected places. In many
7: cases, communities prioritised the restoration or the development of their sporting facilities and their sporting communities because they knew that that was part of what they needed in their recovery. Um, In some smaller communities, we saw previously underutilised facilities suddenly become really important. This
1: is sports facilities? Sports
7: facilities, definitely. And I think they instinctively understood that that would be a part of their future and needed to be a part of their social
1: infrastructure, we call it, to recover as a community. So what does that need to have sports facilities, even underused ones, Mm. rebuilt. What does that say about the, I guess, at least symbolic importance of, you know, a small place having a tennis court or a cricket overall or Mm. a
7: badminton club or Mm. so on? Well, firstly, I think it says something about having a sense of place. It's very important to appreciate that people have lost, to an extent, their identity And they've lost their place. They've lost the things that they recognised and that they loved and that they used every day without thinking. So uh, having these places, these facilities, brings back for them local identity. And we actually know that that's more than just a desirable thing. That is psychologically important to their recovery. That we know that gathering places and the ability to gather will lead
3: to better recovery for people. Who's, who's keeping? Is that Robbo? Is that? Yeah, Robbo. Yeah. No, he looks like he can keep. Yeah, he actually off. can. Yeah, he used to... He was a good cricketer, Robbo. Yeah, yeah, so I heard, but I didn't know whether he batted bold or just laid on the field and let the ball How in. In
1: April 2009, the King Lake Football Club had a team out on the Oval uh, for the start of that season, and that was only two months after Black Saturday. What was that, that first season, that first game like, playing, training... You know in what must have still been a fire ravaged town
3: yeah look um the secret to it was we had a lot of players that were came from off the mountain that cheered up the blokes on the mountain um, the training kept people's minds off things. It gave them something to focus on. And then, unfortunately, the game that first game we played, a lot of anger was vented towards the opposition. Nothing personal against them, but they were just burning up a little bit of unspent energy on the loss and the grief that they were suffering. But it was a massive crowd here. It was a wonderful day. It was inspiring for the, for the football team and for everyone else in King Lake to come and be involved and to show unity that we're all part of the same ugly group, unfortunately.
4: My name's Adam Wolfenden, and uh, I've lived in Kinglake most of my life, grew up here, and I've played both football and cricket at Kinglake. The footballer in 2009, which I played, um, the, the crowds were crazy. You know, we had like 5,000 people turn up to a game of country footy, which never happened, so it was a good focal point for people to come together and uh, forget about their troubles, I guess. I'm Chris Hamer. I'm the secretary of the Kinglake Football Netball Club.
1: How did the the sports clubs here your football netball club make a difference in recovery after February 2009?
0: Well I think just the fact that a lot of local people, even though they might have lost their homes and they were living off the mountain, they had somewhere to gather together and and do things together and the the club decided to not um, abandon that season, decided to continue on and actually did really well made the grand final and there was a big following at the time, it really kept everyone's spirits up, yeah.
1: So you made the grand final the first season after the fires? Yeah, the
0: season of the fires, yeah, 2009.
4: Did you
1: win the grand grand final?
0: final?
4: No, we lost. Lost (laughs) by a kick. Um, Before the fires it was just a football club you know and we were like any country football club we were always scrapping for numbers you know we weren't the best club it was always a struggle as it is for a lot of country football clubs but after the fires it was completely different obviously we had people just wanting to help us and wanting to help out you know to try and help the community so it was a completely different place.
1: Did you feel you had the support of a, a wider sporting community beyond King Lake beyond this district?
4: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And we heard whether it's folklore or, or actually happened, but we heard um, some of the AFL teams would come off after their finals when we were playing finals and apparently uh, were asking if the Lakers won, which we the King Lake Lakers. So whether that was uh, <laughs> actually happened, who knows? But um, yeah, we certainly felt like we had the support of, you know, almost the whole world, but certainly the whole of Australia and which showed when the um, Prime Minister showed up to our uh, grand final. So. Which you didn't win. No, that's right. We didn't win. Unfortunately, it was a bit heartbreaking for the players and the community and everyone. Uh, it would have been a, certainly a, a really good fairy tale story uh, to be able to tell. It was a shame, um, but yeah, we came pretty close. So <laughs> you know, and, and we did play a good game.
1: At the King Lake Memorial Reserve, and a cricket match that's a fundraiser for the current bushfires. You're listening to Sporty with Amanda Smith. In talking about the role that sport can play in relief and recovery, what about for young people in a fire damaged community? Disaster recovery expert Deb Martindale. Yeah, I think sport
7: is a great vehicle for helping younger people to join in and to participate in recovery in their own way. Children and young people can get forgotten a little bit in the recovery process. You know, the adults get busy, um, doing all of the responsible things. But children and young people need ways, means, um, places and people that they can recover with as well. I think sport plays a really important role. And that might be about helping to restore some kind of normal. It may be the ability to be physical, but it may also be that they find their voice. You know, there might be things that the clubs and organisations can do to help the young people to have their say. They may be the ones saying, we need to restore these facilities or upgrade
5: them. We had a lot of people move away that had lost their homes, which was a huge part of the cricket club. Before the fires, we had two senior teams and two junior teams. After the fires we had only two senior teams, so the club put a lot of effort into rejuvenating our juniors Um, and now we're starting to see those juniors from 10 years ago actually come through to the seniors. We've got two junior teams with one seniors and hopefully next year we'll actually be able to put two senior sides out on the park.
1: So, you're just about back to where you were before February 2009?
5: Yes, yes. So, we've got still a lot of work to go, try and get the kids involved and the families involved, but I think it's always onwards and upwards for us.
6: I'm Edward O'Hara and I play for the Kinglake Cricket Club. I want me bunny back on strike anyway? Um, I started just a little bit before the bushfires when I would have been probably be at nine or ten.
1: I hear that. Because after the fires, there wasn't a junior team. You as a kid then had to play in the senior team yeah. and you've been playing in the senior team ever since?
6: After the fires, there was no junior team. There was a Milo association, which was for quite little kids just coming into cricket. We were too big for Milo. Then it was um, into the seniors because that was the only other place we could get a game. So it was out yeah, with the big boys. and.
1: What was that like as a, what, 10-year-old, did you yeah, say?
6: Yeah, I would have been 10 at the time. It was... Um, quite scary as a 10 year old but the boys made it more of a fun environment than a competitive environment and we made sure with the other teams that the other teams were on board with just taking it a little bit easy because we've got a couple of kids on the team and we're just trying to teach them at this point and then once we got past that it was kind of a helped get into manhood situation because you had to quickly grow up around all of these boys on the cricket field. So it was really good for my developmental stages come through cricket.
1: Well, it's interesting. I wonder how was it as as a, a kid playing in a senior team of people who were going through a fair bit of trauma after the bushfires?
6: As a kid in that situation, I knew of what was going on and everything from my own personal experiences, but I think it also helped everyone to be able to, like, put that face on. If we weren't down and about it, why are they down and about it? And I think we all kind of just helped each other through it, through different stages, and it was really good like that, to be honest.
1: Why do you think sport in particular is good for that?
6: Because it... Especially with something like cricket, it's a community game. It's not a solo-driven game. Everyone relies on everyone to do their part. So then it's not just on-field, off of the field. Everyone tries to do their part because you're not only teammates, you're know, friends and comrades, and you just do everything that you can for the people around you, and it just stems from cricket. Everyone just kind of goes that little bit more into a family than a cricket team. That's how I say eh? sport definitely helps.
1: Now, Eddie, you're you're padded up. Are you batting next? We better make this conversation not too long. Um,
6: no, we've kind of got a quite an odd order today. Where if you hear your name get called out, you're in. So everyone stand up, everyone get padded up because you never know when you're going in. So who's
0: counting? Who's counting how wickets?
6: There's been a lot of turnover
5: in the community up here. Some people just couldn't come back. From our, from the club's point of view, obviously everybody's that little bit different and some people don't talk about it, others do, but obviously there is still people up here that are hurting and they'll hurt for a long time still, especially the ones that lost family members.
1: Do you think that the kind of nature of the cricket club, the feeling around the cricket club has changed a bit since... February 2009?
5: Oh, definitely. Before the fires, we were basically two separate clubs, the juniors and the seniors. You very rarely interacted with each other. So when we restarted the program, sort of mid 2010, we decided that we were going to have all of our things on the one night. So our juniors and our seniors, we all train on the same night. We have meals together. We try and keep everyone together. We've produced a very family orientated club. Our senior team's in a very low one day grade. The boys just have a lot of fun. We've got some young kids and some old blokes out there and it's all about just enjoying the game and being there for each other, which sort of leads in towards your um, mental health as well to make sure that everyone's got that place where they feel welcome and there's plenty of people there that will be there to help them at any point that they need it throughout whatever's going on in their lives. Yeah,
1: and is that particularly helpful for men?
5: Oh, definitely. I'm a single man myself. Uh, I work very hard. I put a lot of time into the cricket club personally, but I love it. I love coming up here, and it, it's a good release.
3: Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't a watermelon, you'd be covered in pips.
5: We um, ourselves... Strath-Ewan Cricket Club, Marysville and Flowerdale play in a Black Stumps tournament. Um, We've played that every year since the Fires. We we seem to get clubs always interested in joining into that and being involved. Um, The the first Black Stumps game, we had a few ex-players, Rodney Hogg, Adam Dale, and there was a few others that I can't remember, but, yeah, they played out at Strath Creek in the original Black Stumps game, so that was pretty good of them.
1: So now you've got this fundraiser today, a cricket match between the football club and the cricket club, which seems like an unfair sort of (laughs) pairing, but anyway.
0: It's cricket season.
1: And it's a beautiful day here. And it's a fundraiser for East Gippsland bushfires. So after this day is done and you've raised the money, what happens? 50%
0: 50% of money raised today will be going towards the Buckin Football Netball Club um, which we're trying to make an association with from our netball club the other 50% the Kinglake Cricket Clubs working out where they're going to donate that to are probably a cricket club in that area um, so we're building up a bit of an affiliation with Buckin because they We've been through what we went through many years ago in the fires and we've even arranged to play them in a practice match on March 14th. We're going to try and get the whole team down there, and a lot of local people from King Lake on a couple of buses, go down there, spend some money in their town, play them in a practice match, it should be, should be fantastic. Yeah.
1: What does it mean to you to be able to do that for a community, a, a sports club,
3: going through what you went through 11 years ago? Well, it means a lot because we probably understand more than most what it was like. This is important for us to be able to support our brothers and sisters that have joined a, a group that no-one wanted to be part of, but we all are bound by that grief, um, having lost everything and lost family members, lost livestock. And this is our way of showing our unity. We can raise a few dollars and go down when we play the practice match against Buck and in a, uh, a month or so time. That's our way of just showing support and in times of need, That's the best thing you can do is show support, have a game of sport where everyone's gonna have a lot of fun and we can just give them that little bit of support. Hey Jamie, try using the other arm. I was only just talking to the publican of Buchan yesterday uh, and I explained to him it took us a minimum of three years to get started. Um, It does take a long, long time. 10 years down the track, People have gone on with their lives again. We don't like being referred to as bushfire victims anymore. We look at it this way, it came, it did its damage, we survived. What we like to look at now is we can tell other people what to expect after a a trauma and a disaster that we went through. We can just offer a bit of advice, but um, it does take a long time to heal these wounds.
1: Well, from these conversations with the cricketers and footballers in mm. King Lake, it seems to me that the sports club is a place for, for both forgetting and remembering. Forgetting because sport is physical and kind of takes you out of yourself, and it's where men in particular mock each other and joke around. Mm-hmm. Uh, But also remembering because you're in a team of people who share the grief and loss, you know, where the cricketers, for example, play an annual Black Stumps tournament. Mm -hmm. Does that sound
7: about right to you? It does. You know, my reaction to that is absolutely. It's a place to be yourself. And maybe that's about forgetting to an extent. But to also commemorate and remember Obviously, we do that through formal memorials, through services, through all sorts of different ways. But I think there's just something very safe about a sporting club or community that you belong to where you feel yourself, you know, that some days you don't want to be remembering and that other days that's exactly what you need to do. Um, In many sports clubs, people, because they know each other, can sense that really well about their colleagues, their friends, they can read the play about what is needed today for this group of people
4: or for this person. After buildings are rebuilt uh, and things like that, there's still the emotional toll. You know, obviously the recent bushfires brings back everything. So, um, yeah, there's there's that and that stays with you for life. You're never going to forget and, you know, you have a lot of empathy for, for, for the people that are going through it now.
1: Well, with your game today, how are things going so far?
4: Uh, well, obviously it's one of those things, I'll say the cliché and say there's not going to be any winner. So the winner is uh, how much money we can raise. So, um, But yeah, it's gone, it's played in good spirits at the moment. Um, and I'd say, well, I'd probably say the football club slightly in front at this stage.
1: Well, the game was in fact declared a draw. And the King Lake cricketers and footballers raised $2,500 on the day. Not a bad effort in a small community. This is Sporty. I'm Amanda Smith, and you're now going to meet a tennis champ. At the same time that Ash Barty became the top-ranked female tennis player, another Australian player also got to world number one. She's just coming off the court for a break.
2: Thank you. Would you like a cup of coffee or tea or anything, uh, Amanda? You've got a superstar here. Shirley? (laughs) Shirley, most definitely. Oh, dear. She's our inspiration. Shirley is our inspiration. Is she? She sure is. Not just mine. Everybody's in this club. We all want to be like Shirley. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, ladies. <laughs> you could get a big head if you wanted to. I could. No, I'm not in habit of big heads, so I'm just like I used to be, just the same. <laughs> uh, I'm Shirley Whittaker, and uh, I've just had my 86th birthday, and uh, I've been playing tennis since I was about 10, and uh, I've played m- most of my life, really. Just had a few spells for children and things like that, but otherwise... It's been a very, very big part of my life.
1: Well, a big part of your life even now because over the last year or so, you've played in tournaments in Europe that got you to being world number one.
2: (laughs) Yes. All that was very unexpected. I went away because... Uh, a friend suggested to me we go to Perchak in Austria because they have an 85 event for ladies. They do for men and have for many years, but the ladies have only just recently been having 85 year old events, but not in Australia yet. So uh, my friend and I decided that we would go to Austria, Austrian championship followed by the European at the same venue. And um, I was fortunate enough to win them both, and that gave me the number one ranking. And how
1: competitive is 85-plus tennis on the world
2: circuit? Oh, I think anyone who loves singles and takes on the challenge, it's... uh it's fairly competitive. You've got people there who are uh, a little bit older than you are, so when you come in at 85, you're the young one. <laughs> so you sort of think, oh, well, I've got an advantage. Um, well, if I go again, I'll be a year older, so uh, things can change. Anyway, it's it's a lot of fun and everyone plays in a good spirit, so that's the main thing.
1: Well, now, you said that you'd been uh, playing tennis since you were 10, so that means you've been playing so far for, for 76 years. How did you learn to play
2: did you have lessons? No. Well, I'm self-taught. I'm not a, what I'd call a stylish player at all. So as I mentioned before, it was my um, becoming number one ranking was very unexpected for me. I Growing up and and in my uh, uh, younger years, I was never a state champion or, or anything like that, a club champion here and there, but I learned on asphalt courts that were attached to a church nearby. Wooden rackets um, we had, and I know my dad used to have a box of balls that used to have a dozen in, them. and they, we'd keep and play with them for ages. Now balls don't last very long at all; you're sort of wanting for a new pair after one week's matches.
1: Well, how often do you play
2: these days, Shirley? On a regular basis, played twice a week: Monday social, and um, and then Wednesday competition day.
1: And are there others your age or older who you're playing against
2: or with? Uh, I think I'm probably the oldest in both answers to your question.
1: (laughs) So what would you describe as your best tennis attribute or
2: shot, Shirley? Oh, I don't know about shot. Just say I'm, I'm consistent or steady or something like that. I don't think I've got an outstanding shot, but I'm probably consistent when I'm playing well. I bet you've got some kind of killer serve. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I've lost my strength in my serve, so it's a bit uh, a bit weak now. But probably it was a reasonable serve years ago. Uh, probably if I went to the gym more and tightened my muscles or something, I might be a bit stronger, but I'm not that keen. I just enjoy playing. Now, do you have any plans to
1: play in any more mm-hmm. overseas tournaments, Shirley, to get your world ranking back up to
2: number one? Because you've slipped a bit in the last few months, I think. I have slipped a bit since the World Championships, which I didn't go to uh, in Croatia. But we may go back to work uh, Perchak, where we enjoyed the two tournaments uh, for the 85s. I might go again this year, but I'm not really chasing ranking. It would be more for pleasure than that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, to what do you attribute then your longevity in tennis, as as we've talked about? Started playing at, at 10, still playing
2: at 86. Well, I must admit, I've been very fortunate to have good health. I've had not needed knee or hip replacements, shoulder problems I haven't had, so probably I've been very lucky. I've had the odd calf muscle, tennis elbow, and all back problems, but minor over my uh, playing life. Maybe it's because you've played so long that, you know, your body's in good nick. Uh, That does help and I do a lot of walking and play a bit of golf so all of that helps but sometimes it's the luck of the draw if you're not. uh, I think for me it's the survival of the fittest at this age. I think I've been just very lucky that I've had good health and been able to keep on playing and um, outlasted them. (laughs) Outlasted my friends.
1: Shirley Whittaker, who reached world number one in ladies' singles tennis in the 85-plus category. Who wouldn't want to be like her? Sporty is produced by Rosa Ellen, and I'm Amanda Smith.
0: You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.